Hi, and welcome to the Good Dog Happy Baby Podcast, where we will help you prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. My name is Mike Wambacher, and I'm a professional dog trainer here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been training dogs here professionally for the last 22 years. I'm also the author of the best-selling book, Good Dog Happy Baby, an in-depth manual on how to prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. I'm joined here by my co-host and friend, Morgan Dix, who's going to help me sort through a lot of the issues you'll be facing in this exciting phase of your life. He's going to interview me, and we're going to lay out a lot of information for you to help you enable your dog to make this transition into siblinghood smooth and easy and free of hiccups. So let's not waste any more time and dive right in. Ready? Yep. Okay, Mike, the question for this week, my dog is a spoiled alpha dog. What should I do? Okay, so it's a bit of a loaded question, and there's two parts to it, okay? So the first part is that my dog is an alpha dog, and the second part is um, he's spoiled, what should I do? <clears throat> and um, the question of an alpha dog, and this is a word that's been thrown around you know, for, for decades now, uh, describing you know, dogs with kind of any, any number of behavior issues, and, um, and it's come under a lot of scrutiny as to what exactly an alpha dog is and so forth and so on. I think there's a difference between you know, an alpha dog and, and a spoiled dog. There are lots of spoiled mm. dogs. But if you want to talk about what an alpha dog is, A, it's, it's a little bit controversial these days. There are people who out there who kind of deny that such a thing even exists, the social status you know, doesn't really play a role in dog behavior and so forth and so on. I disagree with them completely. That said, um, this idea that, that anytime your dog is doing some behavioral thing that is annoying to you or, or being stubborn or bratty or whatever, that he's somehow trying to assert social dominance or alpha status over you. That is a card that is way overplayed and, yeah. um, and isn't really helpful. Right. Um, I mean, dogs do, dogs are social creatures. They do, uh, they are sensitive to issues of social status and rank. Um, but like a truly alpha dog, for example, is they all, they don't cause a lot of problems. They're co- self-confident dogs that don't have a lot to prove. Um, they, they can be sometimes difficult in certain stages of training, but generally they don't cause a ton of problems. They're self-confident, mm. uh, stable dogs that, um, that, uh, you know, just aren't a source of a lot of problems. Now, I, anyway, I could go on about that whole subject in the book that I'm working on right now. There's a whole section on social status. So this is why it's kind of surging to come out of my mouth because there's a, bit yeah. of, a lot of misrepresentation of people that do say that there's no such thing as social status and rank and hierarchy and all that stuff. It's all nonsense. It doesn't mean anything to dogs, et cetera. They're wrong. And, um, if this was a different podcast, I could tell you the many reasons why, but, uh, but anyway, I just, I don't like that. That card has been overplayed. So that leaves, yeah. that leaves the other piece of the question, which we, is, we, we get your position. Is... We get your position. Yeah. <laughs> what if my it's dog clear. is spoiled? So a spoiled dog is a different story. A spoiled dog is spoiled because we spoiled them. Now, anybody who is surrounded, I always think of the kind of the young rock stars, you know, like a Justin Bieber thing, right? You're like 19 years old, whatever. You're you're worth $100 million. You're surrounded by people sucking up to you, and, and, and basically anything you want to do goes. You, and you're su- surrounded by people who empower you and all your worst selfish tendencies, right? Um, and that, yeah. you know, it distorts the personality. So the same thing is true with dogs, you know? So if you're very indulgent, permissive, uh, lax, you let the dog run all over you and so forth and so on, that, that is a major issue. And that can cause dogs to quote unquote act as if they were alpha or the boss over you, because this is the message that you sent them. 
right? Um, mm. So a big part, a big part of, say, of the Doggy Toss Step program in my book, Good Dog, Happy Baby, is designed to deal with this kind of entitlement attitude of the dog who thinks he can just make demands left and right and run across the furniture, steal stuff off tables, uh, not respond to obedience commands and so forth. But, um, but a lot of the stuff, it's a question of training. And they are, they, these are all the issues, uh, you know, taken in aggregate that, that need to be dealt with before we bring a dog into, I'm mean, sorry, before we bring a baby into a household with a dog, mm, because mm. the spoiled and entitled bratty dog that suddenly finds itself displaced uh, and all its wants and all its indulgences displaced by the arrival of a baby is the one that's possibly going to have the biggest issues. So, um, again, that's what the whole, the whole doggy 12 step program, which is basically a rank management program in the book, uh, is, is how to put you, you know, if you want to go back to the language of alpha dog, how to put yourself in the position of being an alpha dog through a series of training exercises, as well as symbolic social interactions that signal status to the dog, you know? Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, anyway, so that's what a big part of the book and the whole program is about. Uh, yeah, know, I mean, I can I can go into spe- maybe some specifics. I don't know if it's if it's necessary, but that I th- I mean, I don't know if that answers the basic question. Yeah, I think I and and like for me, one question that comes up is like, has this always been an issue, or like people like spoiling spoiling their dogs more these days? I know, like you refer often to the to like the fact that people are having children later and you refer to dogs often as people's first babies. You call them their fur babies. And All right. A, a, as a result, are do you, do you see like an increase in spoiled dogs? Do you think that's like oh, a, definitely. an issue? Uh, yeah. 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 Definitely. It's definitely an issue. Um, definitely. You know, I always have this little saying I made up a few years ago, just called, you know, in the back in, in the last 50 years or so dogs have worked their way from the backyard to the bedroom. Right. Mm. It's, it, it used to be, you know, you have a dog, you have a nice yard, there's a dog house out there. Once in a while, you might bring the dog in. But it was, you know, it was a little slightly more added distance relationship, you know, for urban and suburban dogs. And that's completely changed. Now there really are, for a lot of people, surrogate children or surrogate something or other. And we, t- we love them and we indulge them in a million ways. And, uh, you know, one of the things I often talk about is how, how to spoil your dog without spoiling the relationship. Because, you know, I spoil my dog, I feed him from the table, I do all kinds, I let him sleep in the bed with me. But, um, but we've established our social situation. He knows that, you know, if you want to go back to that language, that I am the dominant character around the house. And that's not, yeah. because I be, that's, not because, that's not because I beat him into submission. It's because I control all the resources. I'm the one that sets direction. I'm the one that teaches him impulse control in relation to things that are important to me. And again, he learns, he has learned to look to me for direction in all or most things. And that's what being a leader is. It means you're the one that sets the tone, the direction and controls the resources. Not you're the one that kicks you, that kicks you in the head when, uh, when, uh, you know, you, you do something I don't like or yanks on your choke chain or whatever. Um, that's not leadership. That's just bullying. You know, Mm. um, uh, leadership is, is, uh, it's composed of a whole bunch of different things and leadership is very important. And if, if to be quote unquote, an alpha dog means to be a leader in the true sense of the word, then yes, you need to play that role. And again, it means you're the one that sets the rules for the household that teaches what the rules are that, you know, that enforces them when necessary, that uh, again, controls the resources. That's, you know, that's the whole point of the learn to earn program is that, um, you know, before I do anything for the dog, the dog's got to do something for me. So if he wants me to throw the ball, take him for a walk, pat him on the head, 
I'm going to ask them for a sit or a down or something. If not every time, often. Yeah. Like, you know, you do for me, I do for you. Right? I, um, I like that. Learn to, learn to earn. Yeah. You do for me, I do for you. That's how life works. And since I'm the one that controls the resources and runs the show, you do for me first. Mm. Right? And um, that's completely non-confrontational. Most of the time, I mean, there's times when some, you know, reprimands or heaven forbid punishment might come into play, but that's pretty rare. If you set up a good program, the need for you know, physical force is, is pretty rare. Again, I'm not, yeah. I don't object. I don't, I'm not a purely positive trainer. I don't object to corrections and, and you know, of, of multiple kinds when appropriate. But, um, but in a real rank management program, that it, mostly it's symbolic through control of resources and, um, you know, other, other things that are symbolically important, like asking the dog to move out of my way. You know, yeah. so if I'm walking around the house and the dog's kind of lying, the dogs often like to lie across major thoroughfares of traffic in the house and they want to see how people respond. You know, you can walk, and most of us just walk around. So that says something to the dog about social status. Oh, I get to lie here. They move around. Um, instead, I'll nudge and give the dog a little nudge with my foot, just a little like, hey, excuse me, and ask yeah. him to move. I move through controlling space. You know, these are mm. pretty non-confrontational ways to get the dog to accept, uh, lead, you know, to respond to you as a leader and spoiled yeah. dogs and spoiled dogs need that badly. And they need structure yeah. put around the things that they get big time, just like mm. kids, it's not different than children. It's just like kids. So would you say that spoiled dogs are like a lot of what you're dealing with? Uh, the spoiled in, in factor, yeah, the spoiled factor often contributes to all kinds of other behavior problems. Definitely, mm -hmm. just like it's—it's it's really you know the, the analogy with children is almost direct. Um, if you have a five or a six-year-old, you know, you, I'm sure you have friends like this. You're raising a child right now, you know, and you probably yeah. see the see the struggles of not doing that. You know, if you have a five or six-year-old who, uh, you know, he has seven meal choices, and then you know you decide, you know, he decides what he's going to get, and you make it for him, and it, you know you, we've created. There's, it's easy today to create entitled, spoiled children mm. by, you know, giving them the sense that they're always the most important thing, that they're, um, they're the ones that make the decisions, you know, they, they're the ones yeah. that, uh, you know, mommy, I want this, mommy, I want that. And mommy gets it right away or daddy gets it right away, you know, without putting any conditions on it. Um, yeah. you're, you're going to end up with a distorted psyche and an entitlement mm. attitude and uh, low tolerance for frustration if you don't get what you want, et cetera. And dogs are exactly the same way. So the parallel is, like I said, almost direct. That's fascinating. Yeah, obviously, I, I, I definitely relate to that. I mean, my, my baby's a, what, she's a year and like four months or three months. So she's a toddler. So we're just starting into the kind of, she's just discovering that she has free agency and a, and a will. So right. she's, <laughs> she's definitely asserting it, but yeah, well, these right, are and you can see that, that are right, just starting for us. Yeah. yeah. So then what do you do when she's screaming? I want this. I want that. You know, do you just, okay, yeah. I, I want her to stop screaming. So I'll give it to her. I have friends who raised their kids that way. And you know, the results weren't great. <laughs> mm. Um, and you know, there's a lot of talk these days in parenting circles, just about these very issues because we've gone, we've gone in the last 30 year, or 40 years into a very permissive parenting cycle is being in the in vogue right and now in the last yeah. maybe five or six years there's been a spate of books that have come out with respect to parenting that um 
that have, you know, through a lot of research, chronicled the kind of damage that's done to kids that are now young adults in terms of mm. narcissism, self-absorption, uh, et cetera, et cetera. There's one called, uh, there's one book called Nurture Shock. Uh, there's another one called um, the narcissism epidemic. So this, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously I don't want to overstate the case, but this all has parallels with um, with dogs. It's just yeah. a lot easier. It's just a lot easier with dogs not to do that than with children. Mm. Yeah, they're they're a lot less complex. Yeah, you know, you just it's much easier to control all the resources and put a few conditions around it, and that's it. Yeah. it's just not it's not that complicated it doesn't take up a ton of time it's just a question of changing one's own habits and the way one relates to one's dog and not feeling oh i mean i can't tell you how many people i say look you know why don't we try not having the dog on the furniture for a few weeks and then teaching the dog a series of ways to to um to ask for permission to get up on the furniture and then you decide whether it's okay for the dog to be up on the furniture. It's just not that difficult to do that. It's just a question of changing yeah. a few habits. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. Well, that's awesome. So I think, Mike, you've answered the question from a lot of different angles here. It's about time to wrap up. Do you have anything you want us, any, anything more to add to this? Well, I think, I mean, I think we kind of said it. I just think this is a really important issue. And I would uh, encourage any listeners out there, if they get told by some trainer they're working with that, oh, no, social status and rank and hierarchy means nothing to dogs, that they should know that these people are ill-informed. And, um, again, I, I don't have room here anywhere near them to go into the science behind it, but I just finished, you know, a two-year project writing this book. And... Um, and really digging into the research around all this. And the people who claim that dogs don't function according to social hierarchies, the research is completely bogus. Okay. And I, you know, you'll have to wait for my book to come out in about a year or so (laughs) to see why. But, um, you know, it's important to know that dogs do uh, are uh, sensitive to issues of social status to varying degrees. And that needs, that card needs to be played, but it doesn't need to be played. Being an alpha dog doesn't mean that you're the big bully who just, you know, yanks the dog around whenever they do something that, that we don't like. So there's there's a, yeah. there's a there's a room in there. There's room in there for a different way to understand what leadership is. And, and and part of the reason you're making this point is that before your before your baby arrives, it's kind of well, it's key, it's essential to deal with this issue of a spoiled dog. And and you really address that in your book with the doggy twelve step twelve step program. Um. But that's that's why you're really emphasizing this point, right? About hierarchy is like that's one of yeah. the key things you need to establish. Absolutely correct, and um, because the, the spoiled dog is often the one that has the biggest uh, difficulty adjusting to the fact that now you know you've been the center of attention and the spoiled little baby for two, three, four years, and now here comes this other little thing that's going to suck all of mom and dad's attention away from you, and uh, that is when the big blowups happen. All right, everybody. So if you want to learn more about how to deal with a spoiled dog, how, how to reverse that, then I encourage you, you, you've got a couple options. Definitely go to gooddoghappybaby.com. You can read Mike's blog. He's got a lot of content on there that, that is related to this. If you want to take it a step further, get the book because he's outlined this doggy 12-step program, which is explicit and, and get, it's like a manual, really. So it will walk you through everything you need to do to, to deal with the issue. And then the course, 
uh, Mike's Good Dog Happy Baby e-course is another option. And Mike, would you say that that's also something that's going to help people with this? Oh, definitely. You know, because I have plans to put out many more video modules around the question of preparing a dog for the arrival of a child. But the two modules that I have out that are about an hour and a half each and broken into multiple segments uh, concern the issue of preparing a dog for childlike handling or just, well, A, dealing with dogs that are afraid of children in general and B, teach preparing a dog for the, the kind of rough handling that kids are going to dish out, which are these are two main issues that uh, create a lot of problems for dog, you know, for dog owners having, bringing kids into the home. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a different set of issues than the one we were discussing, but they're extremely important. So I would encourage people to at least look over and see if this has relevance to your situation. And I can guarantee you that almost in every case, at least module one does, which is the preparing for child handling. Great. So everyone, you can, you can learn more about that at gooddoghappybaby.com. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. Mike, thank you for taking the time to join us, and we'll see you next time. Great. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks for taking the time to um, talk to me about these things. Great. And everyone, next episode, we're going we're gonna to dive into the question, my dog is very young and full of energy and has very little impulse control. What should I do? So until next time, bye-bye.